Shazam, and welcome to No Pointers. We are your hosts, Gerald, Stephen, and Mark. And today we are going to be talking about ARM-based devices, which have nothing to do with ARM templates, or do they? Let's find out in this week's episode. So this week we are going to talk about ARM-based devices. Uh, so we, I think, we don't have all the knowledge, but you know, you know us. We can talk for half an hour, no problem. Um, but before we do, let's talk a little bit about something that has a ARM chip as well. The Xbox does it have an ARM chip? I don't know. You're the only one that has one, so yeah. Uh, but it yeah, it me, actually has it multiple. I'll, I'll find out. It has multiple. Yes. No way. Yes. Yes. It apparently has different clusters that do ARM and x86 and all that stuff. Apparently, I'm just mm. reading this. <laughs> you just quickly Googled it like a ninja, and now you're yes, trying to pass it I off am, into your own knowledge. I am impressing everyone worldwide. That is how we do things. But normally, we don't, you know, we don't admit it on the air. But um, oh, here you have it. We are on the air. Yes, well... You know, uh, okay. So we have that, but you didn't get one, Stephen. You want one, but you, you, you know, you were too late with the pre-order, so you didn't, um, you didn't get one. And I got one, Aww. and it's huge. I thought it would be okay-ish. So because they were advertising like the Xbox Series S as the smallest console ever known to man, um, but. You know, so and that's true, I think, and it, it looks tiny and it does all this crazy stuff. Um, but the Xbox Series X is huge. I was kind of, you know, I was expecting it to be a little bit smaller, but uh, well, it's uh... <laughs> and the funny thing that you already see that. So it's like they they when they uh, came out with the design, then uh, there quickly came some memes. Um, about like, you know, it looking like a refrigerator. So they actually made a refrigerator, which is, you know, quite cool. And they send around a couple to, to a couple of people. Um, but so then, you know, what shape it is, it's like a big block and then, but the top, if you, if you set it like vertically, the top is the van. And now a couple of people have found out that whenever you turn it on and the van starts blowing, uh, which is very silent, by the way, but the fan starts blowing, you can put on a ping pong ball and that will just float in the air. So that's that's what you got new console for, to yes. have a floating ping pong ball. 500 euros to have a floating ping pong ball on my TV thing desk. Okay, closet. but it looks so cute. If you look at the images, it just looks like, I don't know. It's not. It's so small. It's, it's not. not. It's not. Okay. So, okay, other things that we do know things about uh, also just came out hot of the press.net 5. What can we say oh, about that? Oh, that's awesome. That's it. Done. It's awesome. No, I think. <laughs> Go check it out. If you, dear listener, we have, actually have done an entire episode on why we think.net 5 is awesome and why.net core is dying. Or does it? Well, maybe you should tune in if you don't know the answer. Maybe. But after this one, after this one. Oh, yes. I always forget that part. Thank you that you're still here. Uh, no, so .NET 5 kitches came out um, last week uh, at the time of this recording, and it was a very exciting week. I mean, you got your Xbox, so we lost you then. 
like midweek. Yep. And there was .NET Conf going on, and .NET 5 was one of the big revelations that came along. And with it, C Sharp 9 with a bunch of new features, and also F Sharp 5. So yeah, a, a lot of goodness came out. And uh, there are so many things to explore in that. And I think one feature that is coming in .NET 5 is they will improve ARM support. Isn't that a great segue to go to the ARM-based content? Yes, that is amazing. So one thing I wanted to say about the .NET 5 things is um, I think one of the big improvements is, of course, unifying all the things. But also uh, I've heard the first benchmarks and it's like, a true speed monster, right? It blows away all the all the things, and it's uh, you know just by switching to .NET five, which is supposedly uh, very easy, you will get a huge performance boost. So that is very awesome. And we already had the segue, but I'm going to just make another one. Another mm. thing that has a huge performance boost is ARM chips. So, but you know, we mentioned this little buzzword a couple of times now because um, probably one of the things triggering this episode is the Apple M1 chip. Um, So Apple is coming out with their first own MacBooks and Mac hardware with like their own uh, processor, which is all based on ARM, um, which is pretty cool. But what what is this thing we're talking about? What is ARM? What is x86? What are all these things? Well, Gerald, if we go back into the time of history, um, I think Intel... Nearly everybody knows what Intel or has heard the name Intel at least. So Intel is your central processing unit in most computers these days. And it has been so for quite some time. Now, there are some rivals which uh, also produce similar architectures to Intel, like AMD. Um, They have produced CPUs that they can use. And ARM has been around, I think, since quite a while. Um, it's originated in the UK, and the design of ARM is has always been a bit different than that of Intel. And one thing that really stuck out for ARM is that it's very power efficient, and they also managed to make smaller transistors. So I think ARM is these days down to seven nanometers, and Intel is still trying to go below ten nanometers. And I mean that's super tiny. I think Stephen just said before we started recording, did you know your hair is like one hundred nanometers? thick and i mean try to measure that with conventional tools so these things are really small and what that means is but if you the smaller you make the transistor the less power you need to to actually operate them and also smaller and using less power means you can put more of them on us on the same space uh, as smaller as they get and still not have to use any excess of energy to power them which is why that's so cool the smaller the nanometers get but the main thing was always arm very power efficient so it's nothing really new i mean the phone that you've been carrying around with you usually is an arm based device and also the tablets that you're using in your household uh, your tv Uh, many of the applications that we have in our households that are not a computer that do not require this computing power are usually ARM-powered devices. Yeah, so because it's because it's so small and and power efficient, that makes it really suited for that kind of stuff, I guess. So why are we putting it in in bigger things now in laptops? Well, in the recent years, um, it has appeared that the Intel architecture, as far as I understand, with a and I'm not the expert by a long shot here, is the the architecture they have some 
issues that they are now trying to optimize on and the ARM architecture just seems to be plowing on and on and on. So not only is the ARM architecture allowing to be very power efficient, but the ARM chip in itself has become very powerful. So if we look at uh, the Apple iPhones in recent years, there have been benchmarks where they uh, tested a iPhone against a modern day computer and the iPhone sometimes even beat those computers in those benchmarks. Now, benchmarks, they are always a bit, it depends a bit what they're testing. So it doesn't mean that your iPhone was always more powerful than that Intel-based machine. But what it shows is um, these benchmarks, they uh, provide a way to, to measure how fast the computer can calculate certain things. And if you want to compare an iPhone with a computer, usually some web-based test. So there might be some other um, effects in there why one is faster than the other. But generally speaking, arms have, ARM chips have become faster and faster. And uh, with Apple, as we know, they like to control the entire stack. And they have been producing their own chips uh, since quite a while. Um, if you got a some AirPods from Apple, you got their own custom design chip in there. And in the iPhones and iPads, they have been in there for quite a while. So the next step now from Apple has been to produce their own ARM-based chip that is also uh, able to be running in your everyday laptop or computer. Okay, but before we go into that deeper, if we focus on just the Apple stuff, so didn't they just, air quotes, switch over from their own like processor things to Intel and everyone was really happy with that because, you know, uh, one of the big things why uh, the support, I think, for ARM chips have taken so long is because, you know, it's all about the architecture, right? So there, if you have like the x86, is there a better name for that? Because you also have x64. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Intel chips and the ARM chips, I'll, I'll just call it like that, they just speak different languages, basically, right? So a program that is written for one cannot be just like that ran on the other. And Apple had their own, like, processors, and then they switched to Linux, sorry, Linux, what am I saying, to Intel. Uh, and they were, like, everyone was super happy because now they also, you know, could just run Windows on it. Um, so people, a lot of people are doing that, uh, if not in, in like boot camp with the duo boot setup. Um, and now they're going to switch back to um, some, some, some other hardware again, which, you know, takes away that compatibility probably. Is that what's going on? Well, so one might argue that it is USB-C all over again, um, that you now have a, a new chip in there, which is incompatible with former architectures. Um there, there will for sure be some transition period, but um, Apple has learned in the past uh, when they switched away from the power PC architecture that they had before to the Intel architecture, it opened up um, certain possibilities for them to uh, attract certain programs that which would have been harder to convert over to the power PC architecture. What Apple now has done with these uh, ARM-based chips, they have brought out a converter, the Rosetta 2 program. So the Rosetta was also used by the on the previous transition. And what they're doing there is you can now like compile your Intel-based software onto this ARM platform and it should run it. It isn't as efficient as when you would uh, do this like from hand natively, like truly adopting this ARM architecture. 
Uh, but the tests have shown that it's quite okay. You get quite a okay performance out of this uh, in this uh, emulated way. It's actually not emulated. They actually really do uh, the first time they convert the instruction sets over. So yeah, that's uh, one thing that they have for them. But I think it's I think it's surely interesting why they're doing this um, this transition. And one thing that has been floating around on the interwebs are these benchmarks again, where they compare a MacBook Air, which is like the thinnest laptop that you can get from Apple, uh, which does not even have active cooling, and it really brings out some very significant uh, performance which just blew my mind, to be honest. So I would be able to code on my brand spanking new MacBook Air? Because now I have a Pro, because I'm obviously I'm a Pro, but I also need to <laughs> code on code on it, um, which is typically quite quite intensive types of types of programs you're running. So is it is it in that range that an, a MacBook Air could be a next go to for programmers or well good news for you steven not only can you remain a pro because there will also be a macbook pro coming out or a mac mini but the xcode tool chain has already been converted over to this arm-based architecture so uh, if you're writing ios apps you will also be able to do that in the future with uh, the arm-based apple chips and uh, as far as I have read the Mono uh, repository is also being ported over to this ARM-based chip, and I think even Apple is supporting that migration. So I think we will see in the near future the support for running these, I'm making air quotes here, serious applications where you want to or where you need to compile your code so it will be running on the device, and that will be supported, which I think is a huge step because usually when we think about ARM-based devices, uh, they're iPhones or phones, sorry, or tablets. And those are more like your typical consumption devices. And I mean, you, you can make like these brain thoughts or these experiments, um, which people have done where you say, ah, I'll be using now my tablet as my main development machine. And what they usually end up doing is they SSH or shush into a remote computer, develop there in some Emacs Vim setup uh, or with a remote desktop connection and do the development like that. But that means usually you do all your developments on, a, on another machine. And if you're on an airplane or somewhere with very bad mobile connectivity, um, yeah, you are unable to do any serious work, I guess. But whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying that, you know, okay, you're saying like whenever we think of ARM, then we think of phones, tablets, Raspberry Pis. I think they are mm -hmm. doing ARM too. But... There is one big thing that you're forgetting. I think we had a um, Microsoft service that ran on ARM, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, back in the day, so when Windows 8 came out, the WinRT, that was always ARM-based computing. Uh, but maybe you, Gerald, mean like the, the new goodies that came out, like the Surface Pro X, which well, runs Windows uh, 10? Yeah, so the, that is coming out now, but they tried to do that before with like the, the service, right? So what you said, like there was a specific Windows 8 branch that did only ARM things. And that is also like the, the thing I remembered, with, which I mentioned earlier with all the applications not running on it because that could only install apps from the store and no one was building ARM-specific apps because, you know, there was just that service 
tablet thing from Microsoft that was running that at that time. Um, so and it it wouldn't run on anything else. So you could basically run uh, the the Office suite from Microsoft, uh, that specific Windows eight version, and that was mostly it, I think. So it never really took off. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. I I had a or still actually have a Asus device from those days. And I think the very confusing bit with WinRT was you really had to know which apps are already running on ARM and how good they are. And there was a real lack there. And I think what Apple now has done with uh, this change, they have seen that this is a huge problem and they are uh, trying to provide ways for the manufacturers to easily migrate their existing solutions over to this ARM-based architecture so it will still run. Another thing that is sort of speak just came out with together with the announcement of these devices is the new macOS, the Big, Big Sur, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And there you have this uh, Catalyst. Um, is it an SDK? Is it a platform? Who knows? I, I don't know. Who knows? This Catalyst thingy. And what that allows you is to run all your iOS apps now on a on your Mac, which means like iPad has got a plethora of really good and high quality apps, which you now can use on your Mac and also on your ARM-based uh, device. So I guess what they're hoping there is that the uh, initial... Uh, impact of maybe not having all your favorite tools available on the ARM-based computer um, will be dampened by having other great tools at your disposal. Okay, but we've talked already a little bit about those benchmarks and the speed, and we already mentioned, but not really in the context with, like, uh, we we are naming this episode ARM-based devices, but it's mostly Apple MacBook based devices but anyway um so but those benchmarks are like out of this world right so it's not just the speed but it's also the um uh the the battery that's doing great right i think on a single battery you could do 16 hours they're claiming yeah yeah also somewhere we're at 20 hours but it's it's a big amount of hours yeah that is definitely something that these arm based chips have enabled and also like instant on um if you uh like know from your phone or your tablet um usually the device just is instantly there and you can instantly log on and with your laptop if it's been in sleep mode or or it even went into hibernation that can take a while uh we we just have come so accustomed to this on our tablets that you just press a button and it's already up and running and with these uh, arm-based chips this will now also come to these computers and it's not only on these uh apple devices that we see. I just think with the Apple events, um, Apple has got this unique position in the market that if they say, okay, we'll do this, that then a lot of developers suddenly think, okay, so if Apple says this is something, obviously we have to now uh, get get in motion and get this thing up and running from our end. Um, they, there are other devices out there that are running ARM-based computers. I mean, they have been for a while for Linux devices. Um, the Raspberry Pi is like one of the devices that is very well known uh, in the IT space or do-it-yourself space. Um, Windows has been running on ARM for quite some time. And if you look at the release that we spoke about um, for .NET 5, they are really investing in this uh, ARM-based development style. So they are trying to really improve the uh, performance and the experience that you're getting there so that in the future, 
you will also be able to develop .NET Core, .NET 5, sorry, .NET 5 apps um, on your ARM-based devices. And I think that could also be interesting, like for for cloud computing. I mean, if you have, if you can have a chip like uh, an ARM uh, chip, which is more energy efficient, but also brings the punch that you need to do all this computation. That means uh, in a data center where you uh, have a great scale of CPUs running, this can make a huge impact on your energy bill and also on your carbon footprint. So I think that's something that. Um, makes these ARM-based computers uh, more and more interesting when we look into the future. Yeah, definitely carbon footprint is obviously something that Apple is heavily investing in with their no cables or or charger thing anymore. Um, So yeah, I think moving forward, that's definitely, if that's going to save the planet, then I'm all for it. I think it's not only just saving the planet. I think it's really this uh, Intel-based architecture. It seems to be a bit in a rut. Uh, if you read some of the news articles out there. And ARM is just pounding on. They are bringing out more performance. They are uh, adding more transistors on every release and just improving the the overall effectiveness of a ARM-based chip. And it just seems that Intel has become... Old. um, Yeah, old. Or it's just they are not anymore as... uh, able to produce these breakthroughs on their current architecture, which, I mean, if you think about it, they have to support this current architecture because, as we mentioned before, so much software is still dependent on that Intel-based instruction set that is used uh, in a very, very low level. And, yeah, that's uh, something which is really hard for Intel to abandon and why they are holding on to this uh, strategy. Speaking about ARM and all these things, I mean, what does this mean for us as developers, Gerald? Well, that is a good question. I, I honestly don't know. I, um, so because I know that um, you have to, you know, compile it a different way, but is that something that we really need to do? Or is that, you know, because .NET 5 is coming to ARM, so is it just saying adding an extra flag to our .NET 5 compiler saying, okay, I want to now compile this for ARM. I mean, it should be that easy, right? Ideally, for us developers. Ideally, it should be as easy as that. And I think with .NET, it's not always compiled ahead of time. So what that means is we run on a runtime. And so if the runtime supports the ARM-based architecture, your program should be good to go without you having to do any changes. Um, but speaking about ARM-based devices, I mean, we three have been developing quite some time for these devices, and we know that having a very efficient application sometimes requires to compile certain things ahead of time, AOT, instead of jitting it, uh, which just in time, which is then running on the runtime. And so I think that with future releases of .NET, um, those options will also become available for other platforms, uh, which up to now perhaps did not uh, have to make big thoughts about being compiled ahead of time or just running on the .NET runtime because the performance improvements can be quite extreme. Uh, We have seen this when, especially like on Android, uh, Android classically has been a Java-based development framework. And with C-sharp or with the Xamarin stack, you can write your apps in C-sharp. And 
originally you usually wrote a lot of those um, Xamarin-based apps. They were also just running on the runtime. And the boot up times between your iOS app and your Android app, even if you wrote it in Xamarin forms, they could differ quite extremely. And that can be a bit confusing for people that do not know what's going on below. But on iOS, everything is compiled ahead of time. And on Android, it, it wasn't always the case. And it, since uh, probably recent years, when I has to say, and not anymore months, feels like months, uh, you can also ahead of time compile your C-sharp code for those. And then you probably would have to be a bit more aware on which platforms you run on. But there are various strategies already used now today in, in those .NET frameworks uh, that we have and, and know and love, which uh, will provide us uh, with the tools or should provide us with ways that we already know to write this code without being a very big hassle. Okay, so having that said, should we go out and buy everything ARM-based now or should we stick with uh, Intel? Do we even care? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I always like it, the new and shiny stuff. Uh, but I must say with these ARM-based devices, I'm a bit torn. I mean, I, I want to be able to do development work on my machine. And it seems right now, I mean, if you if you buy today, like today and, you, and you're a .NET developer, what does that mean? Uh, you could buy the Windows 10, the Surface Pro X today, uh, which has just seen a CPU update in the fall. But certain things will not yet be there. So for instance, uh, in Windows 10, you now can run WSL2. So that's the Windows um, console on an ARM-based device. That's super cool. And you can even get Docker up and running on your Surface Pro, uh, on your ARM-based Surface Pro. Uh, if you look at the Apple side, the M1, a Docker is not yet supported there. So they're still working on Docker supports there. And if you're a web developer these days, a lot of times you're using Docker for your for, to set up your environments and stuff like that. And that can be a huge no-go if you are relying on tools like that. And there are other certain niche areas, like if you want to run SQL Server, uh, you can't do that yet on an ARM-based device. There are certain variants of it that do support it. But yeah, it's, it, today it's still a bit hit and miss for certain toolings. And I think if you do some, if you just do ASP.NET Core with your EF Core and your MS SQL, you will not be happy on the ARM-based device. You will still need a remote connection into the cloud using some code spaces from Gerald that we all know and love um, to do that. And so I don't know. I think today I would still stick to an Intel-based machine. But what about you, Gerald? Well, of course I want a new MacBook. I mean, sure, if it's fast, if it can run longer on a battery. No, I'm I'm like in the same camp, man. With with these kinds of things, um, I don't really, with all the compatibility stuff, I don't really need to be the first one that's trying out all these things. You know, I just want to be productive, do my thing. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see how this all works out. I'm going to be curious for like how Intel is going to respond to this because, um, you know, they have been long in a position where they could just lean back and, uh, make a ginormous amount of money, um, without having to do too much effort into researching new things and stuff. And I think that might just bite them in the butt right now. Uh, because, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, um, that they had to be like backwards compatible and stuff, but, uh, you know, they could have just created a, another line 
um, parallel to this that would not be backwards compatible and still have all kinds of awesome stuff. So is it a matter of them not being able to figure it out or are they just too lazy because everyone was buying their stuff anyway or what's going on there? So I think that's going to be very interesting. A little bit of competition in that area is going to be um, really good, I think, for us as consumers as well because I've been seeing um, now with all this um, Apple stuff notably, I mean, that's like what you said, Mark, that Apple is now really in a position where they can easily uh, make these things popular by just saying, we're going to do this and then everyone will follow because they have so many users by now. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how Intel is going to respond to that because I, I'm seeing a lot of messages that are saying like, hey, Intel is like really inferior and um, expensive with all the stuff that we see now in comparison with what ARM can do. So um, it's going to be interesting times, but I don't see myself switching over um, very soon. So yeah. yeah, neither do I. Um, but you did mention Intel and price. How, how do these ARM devices price themselves into the market? Are they cheaper or similar to their Intel companions or? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, if you look at Chromebooks and the, all those which are ARM-based, they are usually a lot cheaper than your laptop that you would get. Uh, but you can also get very pricey ARM-based machines like these Apple devices. They will not be super cheap. If you, the iPad will probably still be your cheapest option there. But the Surface Pro X, for example, I mean, that, cost some serious money and um i on the one side i i really like the surface pro x like from the form factor and everything but it's just not yet there where i need it as a developer i think if i would be focused on on different things that i would want to do um such an arm-based device could surely be something interesting and if it would be cheaper i might also be intrigued to get one just to play around with it and find out the limits uh, as a as a private device but right now for me for the things that i'm doing with developing and all stuff it just seems like it's sort of one or two years too early to make the jump then one thing that we did not cover what does arm even mean well gerald interesting question so i i googled this before we entered the studio and so in 1985 35 years ago when arm originally came out it stood for Acorn Risk Machine, and then it was the Advanced Risk Machine. Risk is the instruction set for CPUs, by the way. And nowadays it's just ARM, so nothing special behind it. Just basic ARM doing its thing. Right, right, right. And the thing we started with, it has nothing to do with ARM templates. We've established no. that. No, this is a non-Azure episode, mostly. <laughs> ARM templates run both on ARM and on Intel and mm -hmm. probably other things as well because, you know, it runs in the cloud. No, okay. you're just confusing people. Yeah, we're yeah. drifting off. It's time to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's even us, even we're getting confused now. See, I, I can't even do English anymore. Okay, so that wraps up our episode on ARM-based devices. We've been your hosts, Gerald Schluis, Stephen Davison, and Mark Alibon. Let us know if you are getting one of those ARM beasts powered machine. Do you get a new MacBook right straight away? Let us know what you think. Let us know how it's been treating you. Uh, and please follow us. Let us know on Twitter, nopointers.io. 
Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Stay safe and until next week on No Pointers.